You're listening to the Ultimate PT Podcast with The Training Room, bringing you the latest news, insights and education from the world of personal training. Hi, I'm Nick. Uh, Welcome to the Ultimate PT Podcast. Uh, I'll be joined today with uh, Mark, uh, Liz and Martin. And we are going to be talking about mental health as it's Mental Health Awareness Week. So grab yourself a cup, sit back and enjoy. Hi all, and welcome to our Mental Health Awareness podcast. Um, Today joined by a few of the colleagues. We have Liz, Mark and Martin um, joining us today. So hi, welcome along. How are we doing, So, first of all, uh, I've had some of these podcasts with Mark, some of Martin. Liz, you're a newbie with this one from me. Welcome. Absolutely. Hello. Nice <laughs> to be I'll here. Let you, I'll let you kick us off with um, a little introduction, really, just about yourself and kind of any relationship you've got with kind of mental health clients or anything like that. Okay, so I am um, your colleague, Nick, as you well know. I um, two of us share the London um, Academy, so pretty busy there with TTR stuff. Um, aside from that, with my own PT work, um, the way I always put it across, when I first qualified as a PT several centuries ago, um, I kind of thought I'd spend my time talking to people about exercise and nutrition. Realised very early on that I spent huge amounts of time talking to people about stress and stress levels. Um, and so I started looking at sort of exercise, nutrition and stress management across the board. That's what I do as a PT. Um, obviously massively linked. Your exercise and your nutrition is a huge part of um, effective stress management. Um, and then I sort of took it a little bit further, um, looked at doing a um, qualification and chose to do the MHFA qualification, which is a mental health first aid um, certificate. Um, and sort of use that, look at that. Also tend to get um, learners with TTR who are more interested in that side of things, wanting to sort of talk about that a bit more. And I'd like to think that that in turn gets other learners talking along those lines and sort of thinking, oh yeah, actually this is really relevant to what we do. Because all of us, even if your main sort of USP as a PT is pumping iron or whatever, it's still gonna come back into mental health because it all helps in mental health. So I think it's really, really relevant. Cool. Okay, thank you. Martin? Yeah, so I don't really I don't need to introduce my name. You've yeah. done that for me, so that's, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I kind of control the Manchester Academy for the training room. Obviously, similar to you guys, coming face-to-face with, with an awful lot of learners. Um, over the last sort of six years, I've been with the company now. Um, I think sort of my background with this sort of Mental Health Awareness Week is probably a slightly different sort of approach than, than some of the other guys in terms of I'm very much sport related um, performance related and, and looking at like the strength and conditioning side of things so where where it's come across sort of for myself is the, the impact sort of sport injuries and, and reduction in performance can have on, have on mental health so not so much the potential stresses of daily life or work etc it's more the the sort of building of resilience for, for players who've had sort of a serious injury and, and have found that sort of daily lives of routine and have, have been completely turned upside down so that's probably a little bit of, of my background um related to some mental health awareness stuff yeah excellent i don't know if you've been watching this just brings me with you saying that harry's heroes is i haven't actually known Again, you look at the guys on there, obviously all old footballers, 
um, you know, out of the profession now for a long time, a lot of them now overweight. There's a lot of um, kind of issues going on there, which they're talking through and things. So it's, yeah, it's a big part of the sport. Cool. Mark, what about yourself? Uh, I, as you probably know, if you've listened to a few of these podcasts, I help run South Coast uh, Academies, Brighton, Southampton, Exeter. Um, we got an idea like mental health and what I've dealt with, with clients and stuff. Um, I see it more and more. I deal with my, mainly like over 40s, 50s, 60s clients. And I see it pretty much every day when I speak to them. Some of them, um, I'm not going to say who they are and whether or not they're current or past, but some of them are on antidepressants, some of them are uh, suffering with anxiety. So unlike probably Liz, fully qualified and can help a bit more mine is just purely experience of just dealing with these people uh not just clients that i see every day there's been many people very very close to my uh to, to me personally that suffer from mental health so it's just really probably my own experiences as that and to be honest with you i say it out now i've suffered with mental health issues for 40 years uh, certainly it's not it's not the podcast to go into but I have the, the attitude, being a, a northerner, you just deal with it, don't you? Just, just cheer up, don't you? <laughs> You've got a bit of anxiety, well, just don't then. Uh, and obviously going through it a little bit myself, uh, you sort of come to realise that that's not really the attitude to have and stuff. So I've learned a massive amount in the, probably the past probably three or four years and a bit more of an appreciation of it. Uh, mm. A little bit more of a softer touch with my clients and people close to me. Hmm. Good, good. So then Martin, um, what do we mean by mental health? Yeah, it's, it's a huge subject as we've kind of elaborated on um, just with those introductions. And I think when, when we're looking at this, it's, it, mental health is sort of just one aspect of, of our overall health. So I like to sort of have the saying of like, health is a very, very complex output of many inputs. So when we're looking at that in terms of it could be physical health, could be mental health, could be uh, economical health, it's, it's just one small part that kind of encompasses someone's well-being. But I mean, to, to sort of simplify it, what we're really looking at is kind of identifying someone's thoughts, feelings and emotions, um, you know, on day-to-day life, around work, around family. So it's really, and it's because it's something that's kind of invisible as well. Um, it can be very, very difficult to work alongside people with that. So actually spot it to begin with, which I know we're going to come on um, later on. But I think to really, really sort of summarise it is, is how well is someone in terms of the thoughts, the feelings and emotions um, is what we're probably going to be looking at with, with the yeah, health side of things. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. Liz, have you got anything you want to add? I was going to say, I think it's really important to remember that, first of all, we all have mental health just as we all have physical health, you know, you forget that. But also, we can actually have good mental health. When you talk about physical health, you know you might be talking about someone who's in good physical health or you might be talking about someone who's got health issues. When we say mental health, we think we mean someone with issues, i.e. someone with uh, poor mental health. But actually, we all fluctuate between better and worse mental health, just as we do with our physical health. And I think it's really, really important to remember that. You know, it is a, it just, as, as Martin said, it's a part of our overall health, which means it can be better or worse from morning to night, and certainly from day to day, and certainly at the moment, obviously. And like you say, Martin, I guess, as it's been a, an invisible kind of health issue, like, 
uh, physical health, you can see if someone's getting bigger, you can see if someone's losing a lot of weight or, or whatever it might be. But like you say, Liz, you can't, you can't necessarily see those fluctuations that you're going to get. So it can be quite a tricky one to, to work with. Absolutely. And of course, some people don't want you to see those things either. Um, I mean, they may not want you to see they've lost, they've put on weight, but it's, like you say, it's there. Yeah. But with the mental health one, because there's still a big taboo around. And then you've got the flip side. Yes, there's a taboo. But the other side of that is now that everyone's talking about it, you can say, oh, I'm stressed. I can't go to work today. Mm. So it, it is, it's really hard. It, you've got to mm. get that balance. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What about then, Mark? Uh, any common myths or uh, false information you're aware of that you kind of uh, have heard along the line? Yeah, I think there's, there's so many, isn't there? We could probably do a whole podcast on the myths and dismissing it. Uh, some of the main ones I see a lot is it's like a sign of weakness. If you've got maybe you're suffering from depression and anxiety, it's a sign, whether or not you're a man or a woman, it's a sign of weakness. I think it's a bit more socially acceptable for women to suffer from mental health, but for certainly big, strong guys, it's, that's not what they do. Um, and um, you mentioned about uh, before the podcast about Harry's heroes, and you said about the football teams and or was this just a moment, a moment ago? I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a moment ago. <laughs> <laughs> or an after. There's a map since then. This guy is mental, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but it, like these like small stars, they suffer from mental health issues and they're maybe still suffering now and they did in the past. So that's like a massive myth is that it's a sign of, a sign of weakness. Uh, yeah. A couple of other myths, I think, for years, and this, I think it's still now, is that it, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain, and that's the only reason why that someone was mental health. You're born with it, maybe, and obviously, more and more research is showing that it's not just chemical imbalances in your brain; it's also environmental um, changes, uh, it's, it's situational changes, it's lifestyle change. All these things, there are lots of things can can develop. Um, sort of men mental health issues. So that's, that's a big thing is people just think that they can take a pill, which obviously antidepressants and, and tablets and things like that medication can help people. Some people it doesn't help at all. Some people it helps really quite a lot, but I think that's the another myth is that if you're suffering from depression, the instant response is to take medication and never actually address your lifestyle, your, your, your environment, the people that surround you, how you feel about those things, which is, is another really huge myth. I think, um, Another one is that I think these people do suffer from mental health issues. I think they assume that it's either you solve it or you don't. And as Liz said, everyone's up and down all the time, aren't they? So um, you, maybe you suffer from depression, anxiety, uh, and then you don't for a little while. doesn't mean that you're completely, I hate to say, like, cured. Because that's the thing, isn't it? Is that you're cured. You go on medication, you, you go through the process, and then you come off medication, and then you're in brackets cured, but that's not the case, is it? Because everyone's up and down, and your environment can change and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's, it's an ongoing, as they said, it's an ongoing process for maybe forever until you, you pass away, isn't it? So I think, I think like, I think as Mark said then, I think with the, the medication side of things, it's up to an interest on that. A lot of people think they'll just, they'll just be able to get prescribed medication and, and all the sort of worries go away really. And like any other medication, that's, that's treating the, the symptom, not the cause really so again, top, yeah. yeah absolutely so that's where um you know your mental health first aiders can come in you know, your life coaches your counselors who can really start to dig into a little deeper uh, with those causes um with that so yeah that's it's a great great point there mate 
Liz, have you got anything to add to that, that one? I think, like Mark's talking about all the different areas that can come in, which is exactly why there are so many different areas that we can use to address this, and which is massively why PTs can help, because exercise, everyone knows exercise gets your endorphins going, yes, it'll make you feel better. Nutrition is massive in terms of mental health. There are certain things that will make you feel better and again up your serotonin levels, um, but it's also the thing that people forget, you, 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 the basis of stress, looking at the sort of that end of the spectrum, which can become anxiety, depression, whatever. But if you're looking at stress, it's all about our fight or flight mode, etc., etc. I'm sure everyone's aware of that. So when your body goes into that mode, you're you're going into that primitive need to run away from a wild animal. But if you are sitting at your desk and stressed about work, your, your body still goes through the same response. Um, but what we forget is one of the things that our body does to run away from the animal whilst making our heart beat faster, our muscles take on the ability to clench faster and stronger, all the things you need, that takes a massive amount of energy. So our body is so clever that it also starts making other systems compromised. So your um, reproductive system is really not very important at that moment in time when you're running away from a, a wild animal, nor is your digestive system, which is massively important, and nor is your immune system. So that means when you are stressed, and that's right at this end of the spectrum, never mind when you're going further on in mental health, both your immune system and your nutrition, your digestive system are compromised. Therefore, what you're actually putting into your body is even more important and all the other aspects of health. So it's this whole thing that, you know, it's not just I have a mental health issue. It's not one thing. As Mark just said, it's so many different things coming in which is why we have the potential to help people in so many different ways. And all the things that we tell people to do anyway can help instead of that plaster that Martin's saying, yeah, go and get a pill and, and put a plaster on it. And I'm not denying that some people that medication is important and that, you know, that does sometimes have to come in. I'm not, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But there's a million and one other things we can be doing as well. Yeah, good. And again, that's, that's good point linking those two things because again like you talk about whether it's medication or whether other things that people do for the quick fix if you go for nutrition the quick fix is things like oh a bit of chocolate that makes you feel better for that bit and then the scale effect is not on to maybe uh, increasing overweight obesity and then that makes it feel even worse and the whole cycle becomes even bigger so yeah, yeah. really really good and point it's, it's that whole thing about being ongoing i can't remember whether it was mark which other podcast it might have been martin Somebody talks about um, going going on a diet, which is such a silly expression because if you go on a diet, you can go off a diet okay. as well. Yeah. I can't remember who said that. But I yeah, like it that. might have been Hassett. Was it Hassett? Yeah. I like that. I like that concept. Um, and it's the same thing here. You're not going to go on antidepressants, but you know, it's about an an, uh, an ongoing management plan, which is managing your health. Same thing. Mm. We're coming back full circle, aren't we? It's managing your physical and your mental health with all the strands that come together to do that. And likewise, yeah, and likewise with training, isn't it? You don't go to the gym for six weeks and then go, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if only. Some people do, but yeah, absolutely. Try yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, then. So, um, back to you then, Liz. Signs. Signs. This is an interesting signs one. Signs of mental health disorders. Oh, and yeah. How, how could we approach it? Again, I would start with clients. One of the things that I do, I ask in an initial consultation if they consider themselves to be stressed and the vast majority of, every now and then someone says no, but the vast majority of people say yes. And I would get out a signs and symptoms questionnaire and you can do that. You can download them all over the place because people don't realize how many signs and symptoms relate back to stress. 
So, you know, being easily irritable, which I am rather a lot because I'm a mother, but that's another, you know, I mean, being irritable easily or being uncharacteristically aggressive, those sorts of things that can build up just when stuff's getting on top of you. If you tick enough of those boxes, then these are signs of being stressed. So those sorts of typical, you know, um, and I don't know, muscular tension, those things that people are probably more aware of, or maybe headaches, palpitations, all those things that come back into that fight or flight system. Um, and then you've got all the nutritional stuff, you might be having um, digestive issues and you might be told, oh, it's IBS or, you know, one of these things. And actually often that all comes back down to stress because of what the body's going through and the hormones that are being released and, and all the rest of it. Um, God, there's, they're endless. Um, muscular tension, skin um, irritations, rashes, and it can come out in so, so many different ways. So, I mean, honestly, my, my advice for somebody who's considering they might be stressed would be go and look at a stress questionnaire. And if you're thinking about addressing this more with your clients, that's a good way to do it because it can be a bit of a conversation. It's not too heavy. And then if you consider their stress levels are high, then in very simple terms, I would say you've got a spectrum of stress which can become anxiety if it's unchecked and then become, can become a much bigger mental health issue. But that's sort of the soft start, the way to go into the discussion, I would say. Okay, so you'd consider the, the stress almost being the, the starting point for a lot of these other, these other issues. So if it's unchecked, absolutely. That's why we need to be honest about it and manage it. And, you know, just like you are careful about your exercise and your nutrition for your physical health, you should be careful about those two things and many others. Social connection, getting outdoors, being in nature, all that business for your mental health as well, absolutely. Okay. Martin or Mark? He, he wants to take any on, I, I think I'll just sort of like as you mentioned elaborate on um, Lizzie's point there I think she, she used a good word which was uncharacteristic um, it's probably one of the best ways to sort of like recognise any potential signs and symptoms really yeah. you know if, I, if I've met a complete stranger on the street I'm, I'm not going to be able to sort of distinguish if, if they've got mental health they're if they're being aggressive because I don't know them from our friends, families, work colleagues who will be able to recognise potentially any uncharacteristic um, traits. So as you mentioned, uh, as I mentioned in terms of the, the rugby or the, the sports performance example, if I have someone who's you know continually engaged all the time, they're attending training sessions Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're turning up on time on a Saturday and then all of a sudden I'm not getting any messages back as a reply. They're missing every session here and there. They're turning up late before a game. I'm, I'm obviously looking at thinking that mm, there's something not quite right there. I'm not going to ping straight on mental health because it, it could be obviously a number of reasons behind it. But I know there's definitely some uncharacteristic traits kicking in there. And it might be something me as a coach or the physiotherapist or the manager could could start to dig into and tie into a little bit. But I think I think the key word recognizing any signs and symptoms would be as, as Liz mentioned there, the, the uncharacteristic traits from that individual. Yeah, cool. And Mark, um, put this one onto on to you for the next one. So how do we approach it? I know Liz mentioned about things like the questionnaire and, and bits and pieces like that, but sometimes people maybe don't recognise the symptoms themselves or you know, they might think, well, it's just me. It's just the way I am, it's or whatever it might be. Um, how do we approach it as a, as, a, as a PT or even just general Joe in the public, you know, who's got concerns maybe? I'd usually start with uh, just asking questions. So if you feel like 
someone have is having issues or as Martin said, I call it like losing the mojo. You need to obviously start to build up a and Liz mentioned about using the questionnaire, didn't she, when she first starts coaching people, it's building up some some knowledge, some background before you start to go further and obviously deeper. So it's usually just asking questions and almost getting the getting their client to realise themselves. Maybe they are suffering from it. I think the worst thing to do is to tell to someone that you you're you're depressed or you're you're in a bad mood. I mean, I don't I don't know if you've ever been told by maybe your other half friends, but oh, you're in a bit of a mood today. Instantly, that puts you in a mood, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's, I think that's probably the worst thing to do is is, is to tell someone that they're they're in a way um, in a bad mood. It's more of a case of just being human. I think it's something that's really forgotten in like personal trainers and coaches. They just forget. They do all this amazing program design and things. They just don't sort of be human and just be someone there just to listen to. And I think one thing that a lot of what I've found with suffering from a little bit of mental health and, and my own mistakes is that personal trainers want to solve, don't they? They want to solve straight away. As soon as they see a problem, they instantly want to go, I know how to solve it. This is what you should do. This is how many times per week. This is what you should eat. Whereas I think with certainly what I try and do with coaching, my own coaching, just exercise, nutrition, as well as just mental health as well, is asking those questions and then letting the client get to that point where they can help themselves and understand what they're doing. So why are you feeling that way? How long have you been feeling this way? Um, all these sort of things. That's that's probably the first approach is just to ask questions and, and see if you can get them to open up a little bit more. And obviously long-term clients, it's gonna be easier for them to do that, but I, I still think it's gonna be difficult initially. What I found, uh, if, if the client started not behaving the normal way, you start asking questions and, and trying to get, get there, they're still probably gonna be quite defensive about it. Okay. So what, what uh, again, I open this up to anybody who, who wants to really, you're, if you're, you think of yourself as a, as a PT, reasonably new maybe, or you know, or it's at least the first encounter you um, knowingly had with somebody that you suspect having some kind of mental health um, uh, problems there. How do you approach it? What do you do? I know you've, you've sort of gone through the science and you, you recognise it. How do you then bring that up or you know yeah so i think, I think yeah i think uh, there's, there's obviously a couple of options and it it will completely depend on who the individual is or who your client is or who your audience is so first of all as coaches we should be able to to be pretty flexible we should be able to know if right does an assertive approach work with this individual mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to just particularly you know am i going to be able to sit down with them approach the subject straight away verbally and just sort of not, not so much have it out with them, but just sort of have a, have a chat with them and you know ask why things might be out of the, the ordinary. They're not seeing them familiar selves, etc. So some people you might just be able to have that assertive approach with. Um, whereas on the flip side, if you knew someone or a, a client who was perhaps a little bit shy about it, or let's use let's use a you know a typical male as an example because this is exactly what happens. It. it they will act on stereotypes rather than values. So that's how a lot of males will do. They will act on their the stereotypes that have been forged for years and years and years and what acts on their values. Rather than me approaching that subject and them getting perhaps a little bit of aggressive or upset or concerned that I've mentioned it, I would use what, what Liz mentioned before in terms of a questionnaire. So 
one that I use myself is I have like an eight eight question. Uh, it's classed as a deep health questionnaire, and it's not all related around um, psychological well-being. It, it's all, you know some of the questions about the physical performance, how they're feeling mm. in the gym. Some of the questions are about how the finances and how the family are and etc. And then some of them are about mental health and the psychological side of things. So if I've got someone who might not verbally want to talk to me about it, I'll get them to fill this eight question deep health uh, questionnaire out. And if I'm recognizing, and it's a simple score, one to 10, how you feel at one ten, how's your performance in the gym, one ten, really simple, straightforward. And if I recognize that on there, they're putting two or three and, and the, that's how they're feeling, you know, how does life feel for them today and they're putting like a two and a three that's something that they physically put down there and that's that gives me kind of a, a leeway into approaching the subject because it's something they've actually noted down they've recorded that data and then it's my job my responsibility as a coach to approach that subject if that makes sense yeah yeah good do you think um in this i i kind of look at you know this country and think the uk and think that the good thing about these kind of mental health awareness weeks and, and so on is to get people talking a lot more about it and make it much more acceptable to, to kind of talk about it. You watch, I, I know I watch kind of any programs or whatever they are, which are based in America or Australia or anything like that. And as soon as anybody gets an issue, they're off to a counselor. And I, I feel within kind of this country, unless it's just the environment that I'm in, uh, if someone says, they're going to a counsellor or to other people. It's, it's a bit like, oh, I don't want to tell them. I don't want to tell them. Or it's a bit of a weird thing to do, you know? Um, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think I think it definitely still comes across that way, doesn't it? And it's, it, it has been around for a while, the, the awareness around mental health. But it's going to take time. It's going to take time for people to... It's like anything else. Something's not just going to happen straight away. It's going to yeah. take time to develop those characteristics, develop those traits to be able to talk about it. Um, and I think the more we do sort of content like this, the more they have in terms of like mental health weeks, the more big sort of role model figures talk about it. It's just going to take that time to actually develop and, and have people comfortable and confident talking about it, really. Yeah. I think okay. it's it's one thing that might come out of this whole pandemic is that everybody, there's no one out there who hasn't suffered from some form of poorer mental health than usual right now. Mm. Because we don't know what's happening, it's uncertainty, we feel out of control, which is a classic symptom of, of stress. Um, we, we're lacking human connection to a greater or lesser extent, but you know, no one's having the connection they use, so on so many levels. And I think if nothing else, it hopefully will enable a few more people to say, yeah, do you know what? I was really stressed during that pandemic. Even if it only goes as far as stress and they don't want to call it anxiety or one of the bigger things, yeah. I'd like to believe that a lot more people will say, yeah, because it's okay to say it about this time, isn't it? I mean, I lost yeah. my job and I didn't know what was happening. Mm. So it, it's easier, it's safer to say it. And I would like to believe it's also making people more aware of what that means, you know, when you are feeling a bit tight chested or, your breathing gets a bit tight or any of those things it can be really scary i went through a I suppose part of my reason for for getting um into all of this was because i went through a very stressful situation many years ago now when i left um greece i spent 20 years living in greece and stuff out um when i came back i went through um uh, quite serious health issues which were all stress related in the end um and i remember i mean i, I really thought i was having a heart attack i don't know what i didn't think was going on and it was all purely stress related and i know that now and that's one of the things I would always talk to people about. Any of my clients laugh when they hear me saying 
while being chased by a wild animal because that's my classic sort of way of describing it but when you understand that and you realize that whatever your body's going through when you're standing in the queue at Sainsbury's and someone they're late and you're running run, running late and you get back after my lunch break um, and you're stressed by that that system is still going on through you that fight or flight and the difference is there's no outlet you're not going to go and run away from an animal so it's all building up and that's when you end up like a kettle with the lid on and it's got to go somewhere once you explain that to someone and they realize that that feeling of tight chestedness or, or a tightness across your neck or all those things that can be really scary that's all it is you know it's as simple as that that's what's going on on the inside and when you make it a bit more tangible it becomes less scary and i think that's a massive part of helping people to understand it and like i say i would hope coming out the other side of this that might be um, a result of this that people have been there and it's okay to say so so then let's explain to them what's going on physiologically because it's quite simple just like having a cold you know it, it, it's quite a simple explanation and then you can get into what you can do about it well lockdown itself has kind of built a whole new community one big community hasn't it because everybody now has the same thing in common yeah. um, and are, are going through the same processes Absolutely. you know so yeah. Uh, Martin, uh, lockdown affected people with mental health. How do you think that's happened? How do you think people have been coping? Yeah, well, I think everyone will have their own sort of coping mechanisms, won't they? But I think one of the biggest ones um, for me, or how it probably will have affected people, is the disruption in routine for a lot of people. I think, uh, I think it was Liz who mentioned it before. One of the biggest stresses or chronic stresses for us is, is not feeling in control. Um, so, so we love it as human beings to have everything in control, total control over things. And this is something where whether people like it or not, we have zero control over at all. So I think, I think the lack of control uh, over this particular situation is going to really have, have affected some people. But also the the reduction in someone's sort of consistent routine. So if you're having a look at, you know, if they were getting up at, well, just a general example, but if you're getting up for work at, you know, half six, seven, you're out having your breakfast, you're out the door, you might have had 30 minutes in the gym before work, and you're working, you're nine to five, you're coming home, sorting kids out, doing secret. Your, your days are taken, you're being really, really sort of engaged, you're interactive, it's, it's something familiar, it's something predictable all the time for you. Um, and then all of a sudden, pretty much overnight really that was taken away from a lot of people now, I know some people are still working some people are still in a routine but there's a lot of the country you are and it's not just having that routine and that sort of structure taken away from them as I've mentioned at the start health is is a very very complex output of all those inputs and, and one of those is finances so if you find yourself you've lost your job or you've been furloughed and then you only get an 80% of your wage that's going to have a huge effect. So for me, I'd, I'd probably say it's it's the lack of routine for some people and also the potential disruptions with their uh, finances as well. I think they'll be the biggest effects, really. Cool. Uh, anyone else? Mark, anything to add on that one? I just think we're not... It's sort of in two ways. One minute we've got, as Martin said, we've got our, our lifestyles are full of stuff, which could be uh, masking the fact that maybe you've got some underlying issues that as Liz has mentioned about building up and at the moment if you've now got nothing to stimulate yourself you can either go two ways you can either stimulate yourself by going on social media reading the news which is probably going to make you far worse uh, and it's going to probably bring everything up 
what you've been feeling maybe for months or years. Uh, and then if you're not doing that and you've got a lot of more like free time, like your own time in your head, I don't think people these days are very good at just sitting in silence and being in their own thoughts. So when they suddenly get these thoughts in the head that they've never really thought about or maybe it's never come to, to the front of their minds, I think that's probably really going to affect them massively because they don't know how to deal with it. But then the, the anxiety starts coming in. What, why am I feeling this way? Why do I always feel this way? Why is it getting worse? Because they've never had to deal with that. So you've got a mixture of overstimulation because you're going on social media, watching Netflix all the time. And as, as Martin said, not having a routine. Then the other one is that maybe you've got way too much free time now. So you're not very good at just having thoughts to yourself. Do you think it's affected people in, uh, I kind of think two different ways, people that I speak to, some say almost they don't like not having anything to do, they feel themselves get bored, exactly like you just said there, them are. And, and then you get other people, to be honest, a bit more like myself, who think this is brilliant, it's slowing everything down, you yeah. know, just, just having that time of your own kind of thoughts and things like that. Um, you must palm the kids off on someone for a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but um, but just really kind of slowing life down a little bit and, and taking things almost back, you know, um, has for me been been quite nice. Um, thought yeah, I'm on, like those two? I'm on the same wavelength of you, actually. It's, it's something I've sort of quite enjoyed, really, should, should I say. Um, just, again, it's, it's probably having that, I sort of like term it resilience really and one of the things is being able to embrace change that's that's not something for everyone that's that's again that's a skill that needs to be built um, but again it's, it's something I feel I'm quite confident and competent with embracing change and it's, it's something I've tried to, tried to deal with and it's, it's something I've thoroughly enjoyed and then, as you mentioned it's it's actually given me a little bit of a different focus. Um, you know, being able to, this isn't this isn't something before lockdown I would have done over a Zoom. I didn't yeah. even know what Zoom was really no. prior to that. So I thought it was a um, lolly from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it was your zap on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's actually in terms of my own skill set, I think me, you and Mark touched on this on a on a previous podcast, but it's actually helped develop my online coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot more and actually my own um, IT skills really and, and as, as Liz said it, whenever it comes across mental health it people always see it as a, like a negative word mm-hmm. and a negative thing you can obviously have you know, look at the positive sides of things and think actually in this time I've been able to do this this and this which I'd have never done before a bit like you mentioned so yeah it's, there's always pros and cons to everything isn't there how do you find being obviously on the, the more strength conditioning side of it? How do you feel like it's affected um, players, sports teams, things like that, where obviously they can't compete, they can't go out every you know, three or four days a week training with their buddies and things like that? Yeah, I think in, so I'll give it in terms of my example with Rugby Union, we, we were very, very close to the end of the season anyway, so it's not had such a huge effect for those individuals I think we missed I think we missed the last four games of the season um, so in terms of it's, I wouldn't say it's had a massive effect the one thing I am seeing with, with the lads though is, is they're definitely missing that sort of group cohesion and social interaction mm-hmm. as well because um, it's although you turn up on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday to ultimately perform and win but 
also having a bit of banter with the lads and again that's you know I'm coming down to that um, complex output again is that you know social interaction and socialisation is a huge aspect of health so I, I think that's where I've seen it a little bit more in terms of sports teams is it's just the missing of the banter with the lads and that kind of stuff um, yeah that's that's probably where I've seen it the, the, the sort of physical side of things we're trying to get as much on a, on the group and stuff as we can um, we've done a couple of Zoom sessions just fun challenges we, in fact we did a we did one right at the start of lockdown actually um, was just 60 seconds of press ups and just do just do it in a sort of weird and wonderful place so for nice. instance some of, some of the lads were going out and doing it in the middle of a stream some of the lads were doing it in daft positions in the back garden some were doing it on the scrum machine and we, sort of every week we we were just doing a daft little challenge and it's it wasn't something too strenuous, 60 seconds, many pressures up you could do in just a daft, silly location really. So stuff like that were quite good. Mm. I saw a, uh, I was listening to a uh, podcast the other day which had Ben Jones, uh, England rugby player on, and he was saying that actually he thinks this lockdown will prolong his career because he's having actual time for recovery. Um, uh, so he reckons he'll get another couple of years on, <laughs> on, well, on his career from it. That, that's- Again, there's there's another. Oh, there's Martin. another. Martin, you broke up on us then. See that? Yeah, gone. I can hear you now. It just sort of it it. dropped out a little bit there. Yeah. Say that again. We didn't hear you. You went robotic on us. <laughs> oh, it's dropping out now. It's, I don't uh, know what's going on. There's something about silver linings, I think, wasn't it? Well, I it. imagine it was what you were talking about, Martin. Yeah. Right, let's it's move gone. on then from it's, Martin. It's let's, let's, let's forget Martin for the minute. <laughs> I think we're pretty much there anyway, to be honest with you. Looking at, uh, looking at what we kind of have planned. So we're, you know, um, we've spoken a lot about what PTs can do and what General Joe's can do to kind of. Um, I bring this to light a little bit more. Um, Liz, think, have you got anything you wanted to add at the end? I was just going to say, in terms of what Mark was just was saying earlier on about um, the connection that you can have with your clients as a PT, sort of connecting that with what Martin just said in terms of how it's up to our online skills. I think the other thing, it's not just, I mean, I've been teaching Zoom, um, online PT sessions on Zoom for a while. I think a lot of PTs have actually had those Zoom calls just having a chat and a bit of a check-in with their clients. Yeah. So that's forcing people possibly out of their comfort zone to work a little bit more in the way that Mark was suggesting and be somebody for that client, which is massively important. Again, it's what Martin said about connection. That's huge. But also, if you get to know your client better. And isn't that what we all... I mean, I teach our students that all the time. When you're doing the consultation, you've, you've got to say Sherlock Holmes. You've got to try and work out what this person's really about. And I think being in this situation, you know, you have that Zoom call with someone and they have that need to talk, especially, you know, depending on their circumstances, they're living on their own or they're, you know, they've not got a relationship with whoever they are living with. There's a lot of other stuff going on potentially, isn't there? So creating that connection with your client is something that, as I say, some of us possibly do it anyway. I'm sure a lot of PTs have been pushed in to do that a lot more over this period, which has to be a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I always remember Martin talking about strength and conditioning and saying that a lot of people refer to it as the kind of the big S little C. 
And I think people, in theory, relate to PT the same. It's a small P and a big T. It's all about the training. And I think this brings people back to that personal side of it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Mark, anything you wanted to add into the end? No, but I'm using that next time I teach a course. Thanks. That was good, wasn't it? That was, that was really good. <laughs> that was, that was, I've never heard that. I'm, 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 I'm stealing that. That's definitely been taught on my own. I'm not saying that anyone else did it, obviously. Uh, uh. <laughs> Martin, are you back with us? I kept cutting on top. Can you hear me now? A little bit. Nah, perfect. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but yeah, no problem. I thought I might as well let you guys finish it off anyway, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cool. Well, on that then, thank you very much for joining us. Um, have a good rest of the day. Try and you stay too. mentally healthy. Absolutely. Cheers well, for that, Nick. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Uh, thank you to Mark, Liz and Martin uh, and their contributions to the Mental Health Awareness Podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully it gave you lots of valuable information and uh, lots of things to take away and start thinking about. Uh, join us for our next one and we shall see you then. Take care. Check out The Training Room on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or visit thetrainingroom.com for more information on our health and fitness courses. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you tune in again next time.